I want to invite you to the one event that I'll be at this year. If you want to hang out with me and hang out with a bunch of other awesome investors, then you need to get to Flip Hacking Live. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be speaking on stage. And this is the only event that I go to, the only public event that I go to that's open to everyone. And this year, it's being held in Orlando uh, on October 15th through the 17th. And we are going to have some of the really the best investors from around the country on stage sharing what they do. We're going to talk about where to get access to the deal sources that are working in today's market, how to raise private money fast to fund your deals, how to tap into the sales and negotiation tactics to double your signed contracts and learn exactly what to say to sellers. And we're also going to talk about which marketing channels are driving the best leads, how to hire, train and manage your team so that you can scale effectively and profitably, how to get access to the tools and the lenders and the mail houses and other systems that you need, and also how to organize and structure your business to run without you. Guys, this event is the event to go to this year, and I'm going to be there. I really, I know we're all dying to get out of our house. So if you're going to go to an event this year, go to anything, this is the event that you need to go to. Uh, like I said, it's in uh, Orlando on October 15th through the 17th. I'll be there. And if you buy your tickets now, you can go to juststartrealestate.com forward slash flip hacking live. That's juststartrealestate.com forward slash flip hacking live at the end of July. So for the rest of June and all of July, if you get your tickets through that link, through my link, and send me proof that you bought it uh, via email. You can email me at mike at juststartrealestate.com. That's mike at juststartrealestate.com. I'm going to pick one, one person who I am going to pay for their hotel while they're there. So I will pay for the night of the 15th and the night of the 16th. And on the 17th, that's the last day. I'm assuming most people are going home. So I'm going to pay for two nights at a hotel. I'm going to pick one person who went through my link, and you got to be able to prove that you bought the ticket, show me the email, show me that uh, you did that. And I'm going to pick one random person who I will pay for their hotel for two nights while you're there. So go to juststartrealestate.com forward slash flip hacking live. Get your tickets, guys. This is the event. I'm telling you, I've said it on stage in past years. If you don't go to this event, I seriously wonder whether or not you actually want to do this business because this event has launched millionaire businesses. It has. I've seen it. I know the people personally. This is the event you need to go to. So it's in Orlando, October 15th through the 17th. Just start realestate.com forward slash flip hacking live. See you there, guys. We do a ton of live streaming. We've done a ton of podcasts. We do so much coaching. We do all these things now where we're multimedia and it all stemmed from investors who have multiple businesses needing to take their message and their platform into one place so that everyone understands, oh, this is what Mike does. Mike does real estate. He does flipping. He has a podcast. He has all these different verticals. Yeah. Well, here's a stage for you to tell all of that through podcasting. Gotcha. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. Hey guys, thank you for joining me on the podcast. Thank you for being here. If you've been here before, welcome back. If this is your first time, welcome. Welcome for the first time to the show. I hope we crush it for you and deliver the goods so you come back again and again. All right, guys, on today's show, I've got someone who's fast becoming a friend of mine. I've only met him a few weeks ago, uh, but such a cool dude. And as we start peeling back the layers of the onion, we realize 
we just have a ton in common and uh, I just like him a lot and and he's he's doing some cool things he's innovating and uh, he got his his start in entrepreneurial in the entrepreneurial world in real estate uh, his name is Eric Cabral and again just a cool guy Eric was in corporate for 20 plus years before he jumped headfirst into real estate uh, in investing in order to achieve financial freedom by educating himself building networks, and analyzing hundreds of deals. He purchased his first multifamily building in less than one year. And we talk about that a little bit. How did he do that? How did he understand how to, how to make that happen? What was the learning process? And it's very cool. Eric is the founder of the media agency On Air Brands, the innovative networking and podcasting event PodMax, the real estate investing company Mandato Investment Group, and the host co-host and producer on multiple shows, including the Entrepreneurs, Entrepreneurs Circle podcast. With multiple businesses, partnerships, and podcasts, Eric is the quintessential serial entrepreneur who spends much of his time helping others grow their businesses, brands, and reputation. Guys, Eric is a cool dude. Like I said, this is a show that you don't want to miss. Very inspirational, and I just want to bring it to you. I'm excited about it. So without any further ado, I give you Eric Cabral. Hey, Eric, thank you for doing this, man. I appreciate you being on the show. Absolute pleasure. Really, really excited to be here. Yeah, this Thanks is good. It's funny. The kind of the behind the scenes stuff that we don't always talk about or people don't always know about. So Eric and I, we I've been on his podcast recently. And so we're talking before the show and it's tempting for me. Like we're, we're, we get along so well and we have enough in common that it's like we could have a whole show before the show, just the conversations we're having. Cause I, I sincerely enjoy talking to you. So it's, it's been fun doing that, but it's like, uh, we gotta, we gotta hop on and like share some of this with people. But I would rather sometimes just sit there and keep talking. Talking because I'm having a good time. That could be us every year. It's like now we got to go to work. Yeah, exactly. Now we have to like, yeah, let's pay some bills here. But no, it's it's awesome because we are so much alike. We realize we're almost the same age. Like it's just yeah. a lot of things we're into is very very similar. But why don't we catch? I know about you. Why don't we catch the listeners up a little bit? Let's let's kind of wind the the clock back a little bit. I know you spent a lot of time in corporate. So maybe what what were you doing before everything you're doing now? What got you into real estate and all the other avenues you're in? And let's just kind of back up when you were still a nine to five guy. Yeah. Nine to five dude for over 20 years. Crazy to think, right? Same. So, that's another thing we have in common. We didn't talk about oof. I was too for 20 yeah. years. Yeah. It's nuts, right? That's a totally different mindset, totally different lifestyle. You know, you, 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 you grind it out 40, 60 hours a week and then you're building someone else's wealth. You're, you're aligning behind their goals to, to move their ship where they're trying to go, which is, is fine. Nothing, no, not bagging on that at all, but I, I eventually, when you get to a point like I did, and I'm sure you as well, where you're raising a family and you're starting to think bigger picture, you're getting into preservation mode and like, how do I yeah. build wealth and legacy? Well, that's where I was. And I got laid off for the second time. I'm blessed only two times in my whole career. And I started to evaluate my life. Like, where am I going? You know, I'm going to get, I got, a, I got another offer to work for big pharma and that's where I played heavily uh, being a creative in the pharma industry, you know, similar to where I am now is kind of like a unicorn type thing where you're, how are you right brain in this left brain industry? Yeah. So uh, I really evaluated what I, where I was going to go. And I was like, well, do I want to get into investing? You know, we play in stocks a little bit. I'm not great at it, but we had some relatively decent success. So that was where I was Googling and doing search and research. And then real estate was number two. And I started to do more real estate investing research. And then 
as the algorithms know back then I thought it was kismet, but the <laughs> algorithms tell me, Hey, he was interested in real estate and Kiyosaki stuff started coming up right. and I bought a book. And then I went to a one event and went to two events and all of a sudden I'm totally down the rabbit hole and I'm considering myself an investor. And I got really comfortable with the idea, found bigger pockets, started meeting more and more people through local events and RIAs. eventually made my way through as, um, I, I failed to mention that I decided not to take the job, right? The yeah. six figure, over six figure paying job at the number one pharma company. The number, I was always jockeying between the, the, the top five and I saw my life flash before my eyes. I was like, we were going on our second child and I thought, man, what if I'm traveling? Cause this job was going to require me to travel yeah. and build another creative agency in Chicago and New York city and going back and forth. I don't know, man, I was getting heavier. I wasn't exercising. I wasn't eating right. My wife was pregnant. And I was like, that's, what if I'm not home? You know, what if I get even heavier than I am now? This is not fun. I don't like where I'm going. So that's when Rich Dad and then, you know, the education and finding people that had an abundance mindset. And it was really just eye-opening and refreshing to be around investors because everyone wanted to help each other. And that was the opposite of where I was coming from, where it was sort of cutthroat and everyone was out for themselves and everyone thought they had the secret sauce, very competitive. I loved it. I said, I'm never going back. I'm going to retire as a creative. But then lo and behold, as I started to build my own brands and my own real estate investing company, people noticed, Mike, they were like, who's doing your branding? Who's doing your logos? Who's doing your website? Who's doing your social media? Well, it was all me, 100% me. Yeah. And I said, here's some stuff I can help you. Here's what I'm using. Here's the tools I'm using. I'll, I'll do you a favor. You do me a favor. How about I follow you on deals? I'll learn about real estate, but I'll create stuff for you. And that became one, came two, came three, a dozen clients. Uh, and I built on your brands as a result of real estate investors really asking for solutions to their problems. And then now it's evolved on your brands into podcasting and creating and producing the, you know, people's shows. A lot of them are real estate investors. And then also podcasting events, you know, where it sort of naturally made its way into, hey, let's leverage the network we built um, and, and put them all in the room together, now virtually, but we were doing it live. And, and get our friends on other shows and do a lot of, like you said, pod swapping and saying, hey, get on here, get on there. That became a huge business. So that brings us up to today. Okay. So I'm interested. You, you did some, uh, you know, some value swapping, so to speak. You help people with their branding, with their social media, and they kind of let you follow them on their real estate deals. Is that how you learned the real estate game? I know you read Rich at Poor Dad and you went some events, but like, where do you think the mo- most of your knowledge in real estate, where was it gained? It was doing, you know, I had to do it. Uh, I I read as much as I could. I absorbed every book, every podcast, you know, met the podcasters themselves and got comfortable with the the, the idea. I didn't know any investors going in. Uh, You know, I was from a totally different industry. So I had to know that it was real. You know, everyone, when I was mentioning it to friends and families, like, it's a scam, you know, don't, don't get into that. You know, it's not real. So I had to get into the network. I had to start speaking the language and then I had to start offering value. That's what I found out very quickly when I started to attend 
investor, real estate investing meetups, I would stay, I would always be the first one there and the last one to leave. I would always be the one to help break down the, the meetups yeah. with the chairs and the PAs. And they started to notice like, this guy's hungry. Here I am in my forties, you know, I'm on my yeah. second life. And they're like, who is this guy sticking around? And I was learning from kids. I was learning from 20, 30 year olds who were already investing and flipping and doing all this cool stuff that I wanted to do. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know what, I don't know how to do what you do, but teach me and I'll just stick around and I'll start creating stuff for you. And, and, and that really, really kicked everything off. That's awesome. Do you remember your first deal? I'm sure you do. Everyone 100%. does. But how did, how did the first one go oh, yeah. down? Yeah. Oh my goodness. So I hired a coach. That's when I also, I wasn't accustomed to that concept of having a mentor and actually yeah. paying someone for their time. Um, so when I got comfortable with that concept, I hired a local guy. He knew the market really well. He was a broker. He was an investor. He was a, an agent. And he would educate me. I would go on runs with him. It, was, it reminds me of like, you know, being on a, in a cop car and, you know, I'm like the student just sitting in there and he's telling me all about his war yeah. stories and we're going to all his rentals and I'm meeting all the tenants and hearing the negotiations. And I was like, this is so cool. And eventually he showed a deal to me that was off market, you know, it was a pocket deal. And he said, this is a great deal. We did the number. He, he always forced me to do the numbers. He would never do it for me. Hmm. We would literally have napkins. At, you know, we would meet at a diner every week and he would go through everything. And we saw this was an absolute amazing deal. And I said, I want it and let's do it. I paid cash for it. It was 86 K roughly. And the, it was a two unit upstairs was going to get roughly a thousand downstairs was going to get at the time, 600, 650, it's now making 850. Upstairs is making over a thousand. So, you know, everything just kept going up as the market grew. And uh, it cash flowed like crazy. And I ended up burring it, you know, so mm -hmm. I burred it, got 75K a check from the bank. So now I'm only 10, 11K in, yeah. infinite returns at this point. Yeah. So it's funny because when we did that, uh, I showed my wife the check, you know, as we always do, not the check, but, you know, I told her whatever right. screenshots. Right. And I said, hey, look what we did. You know, we, she's obviously a partner, not hands-on, but, yeah. you know, supporting me in every yeah. way, raising our children. But um, she was like, why aren't you doing this more? <laughs> <laughs> why are you killing yeah. yourself creating all these other companies? Yeah, I'm like, so true. We should just be, right? I'm like, that's why I got into the game to just keep building and building. Yeah. Right now that 75K was, you know, going towards bills and then investing in on-air brands and our other companies. But now it's like, I know we should take that 100% and put it into the next deal. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's currently things are kind of on pause. I'm investing passively in other deals. Uh, but yeah, got to do more of it. Yeah. That's funny. I, the more I, it's amazing. The more I listen to you, the more I go, my gosh. And I, and I was on your show. You probably heard me say it, but when I started off, same thing. I was like, how do I retire? How do I invest? How do I make money work for me? Stocks, stock market, don't like it. Eventually, Google led me to real estate investing. And I never really thought about it. Like you said, it was the algorithm. You know, It yeah. wasn't just like the universe <laughs> oh, coming together. It's like, no, it's I just it was. background math, do it, working, telling them what I like. But same, <laughs> same kind of deal. And then the first deal that I did, it's so funny when you mentioned your wife. First deal I did my wife, you know, saw the money that we made. It wasn't as much as you made. It was a flip. It was a different situation, but um, we did a flip and made fifteen thousand. We we bought it for forty, put about fifteen into it, sold it for like seventy five or something. After all, mm -hmm. after the dust cleared, we made about fifteen thousand. And my wife was like, 
uh, what are you doing? Like, go do more of that. Like, why are yeah. you even sitting here right now? So <laughs> that was sort of like the the thing that shot me off is like, hey, it worked. And my wife was like, uh, we should be doing a lot of this. So yeah. same same kind of a deal. That's funny. <laughs> um, so you said your real estate investing is a little bit on pause right now. But just out of curiosity, I, I know you you do like passive, like like rental, that kind of thing. Why not? flip houses? Why not wholesale? Like what has kept you from doing that kind of investing? I I started to get into building the systems and the teams, right? Because you need teams to do flipping, especially. And then yep. the wholesaling, you need systems, right? I started doing marketing. I started doing yellow letters. I was literally, my wife was wondering how, who are all these people coming into the house? I would have people that I, I met at our meetups because I was at this point running meetups. So I was in front of the state, I was in front of the room and I was inspiring people. So they would show up in any way. How can I help you? And they would come in, take envelopes, Mike, uh, just boxes and boxes of blank envelopes. And I would have, and I'd say, here's the spreadsheet. Can you, all the addresses. So I had oh, it wow. going, I had it all moving. I had people working for me and they, we were sending it out. We were sending letters out and I was going on sits and, and talking to homeowners yeah. and, and, and I did go through the process and um, started having some things under contract and it, it, it didn't feel like I loved sitting down and meeting homeowners and figuring out how to help them. I was yeah. truly passionate about that. And what was funny about that, Mike, was I would spend literally hours, like two, three hours listening to their stories. Yeah. And it's funny because now we're podcasters. It really lended itself well because that's what was one of my superpowers that people pointed out was you're such a great listener. And that's what I loved about these sit downs with folks. But I noticed that I was losing a lot of time because a lot of these didn't turn out to be right. to, to anything. They yeah. would go, I'm going to go talk to my son or my daughter. And then they would talk them out of it. And then I'd see the house on the market. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that was a little discouraging. And then when I started to get into flipping, um, you know, certain things uh, were unexpected, you know, finding underground oil tanks or yeah. some issues with the foundations or things like that, where I was all in, I wanted to do it, but it, it started to become more of my time that yeah. I had to evolve into creating the agency. And because that was all happening at the same time. Yeah. And yeah. I had, I did come to a crossroads where I was like, do I continue down the path of 100% wholesaling, flipping, syndication. I really was getting into syndication too. Or or do I devote my time to building a creative and a media agency? Yeah. And then that's the path that I took. And it sounds like that's where your heart is. That that's where you that's where you find the most uh, fulfillment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean I mean flipping and wholesaling is certainly an active thing and you can build systems and processes and that's what I teach people too, right? Like I teach people how to get out of the day to day. But the fact of the matter is if you're not actively buying the properties, talking to the homeowners, going to the properties, managing the contractors, then you, you're actively managing the team that's doing it, right? Like there, it, it's not so hands-off that you can just like forget about it for a few months. You know, things are happening maybe day to day, but there's a, no, you're managing a team. You have that going on. So yeah. I get it. I'm just, I was just curious. It wasn't a, you know, a criticism. It was more of a, like, I'm just curious because some people will hear that. Like I did this passive investing model and they'll go, why don't you flip? There's more money. And it's like a lot of cash flow. You can build it fast. So I know mm -hmm. people get curious about people who don't go that route, why they don't go that route. So yeah, I was definitely down that path. I went down the rabbit hole. And if it wasn't for 
these other opportunities, I'd be doing it right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's real smart to go down a path and decide, like if you really decide like, I don't know if this is where I want to be spending all of my time. There's other things that I want to spend time with that that maybe I'm just, I feel more passionately about. What scares me is people who go, yeah, but this guy is a millionaire and he flips houses. So I'm just going to, I don't even care how bad it gets or how much time or whether it's taking me away from other things I love, I'm going to keep doing it. Those tend to fail because they're they're chasing just money and they're not even paying attention to what like their heart or their brain is telling them about where they should be. So I like yeah. that. It's it's important to to really I think dive down deep on why you did that. And I think the reasons you did it are 100% legit and that's exactly what I think you should do, especially looking back, but it's always interesting to hear why it's like, "Oh, just, you know, just keep pushing, it'll work." It's like, I don't know, sometimes you just you need to go where you want to spend your time too. Yeah. And then we loosely say the universe was really calling for yeah. me to do that. And I saw that I could service more people in a way that I felt, like you said, passionate about. Yeah. But I also want to point out something that I've never really spoken about um, on, on shows is that I had an aha moment and it was it was through a coach. A coach was speaking to a group of us, a small group of us. The main thing I pulled out of it, the aha thing was he mentioned you need to have at some point in your life a capital event. I was like, what? And he said it over and over and over. You need a capital event. And how do you do that? And he started going through all these different ways to do it. And one of them was creating a company and selling it. And I was like, whoa, I'm already down the path. I created on air brands. And he said, why don't you, he's like, when you start a company, a lot of people start companies and they don't think about the end game. They don't, mm -hmm. what's the ultimate goal that right, you know, immediately is usually, I just need money. I need to, I need to replace my, in, my income from a W2. So I'll start my own business. But a lot of, a lot of business owners, if you ask them, Mike, what is your end game? Is this being passed along as legacy to your children? Yeah. Are you going to pass it to another partner? Are you going to sell it? And a lot of people don't have the answer to that. Well, I went in with the, because if you're informed, it will inform your decisions. If you know right off the bat when you create that company, if you're gonna sell it or you're gonna pass it on. Yep. Well, I thought that's my capital event. I am going to build an asset of my own, very much like an apartment building. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna to create tons of value I'm great at branding. I'm great at marketing. Why don't I build this asset, create so much value and then sell it in four to five years. So that's the path I'm on. Already had an offer. A With on-air brands? Is that the, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, and more and more people, because I keep putting it out there, uh, went through conversations and networking that there's an option to join us, to be a partner, to buy in, to buy out, to do something. And I am coming back full force when that happens because I'm going to start... I'm going to have capital. I'm going to say, hey, Mike, what do you have on the docket? What's in the pipeline? And now yeah. I have capital to deploy. Yeah. So that's the ultimate goal. I, I like you more every time you talk, Eric. I swear <laughs> to God. Um, I love that. There's a book called Built to Sell. You probably yes. know about it. Oh, yeah. I've read it's it, it's kind of that concept, right? I think in the book, exactly. I read the book. It's been a while, but I think the concept is every business you build, you, you should be building it to sell it, whether you do or not is irrelevant, but you should always be doing that yeah. because it gives you options and exit strategies and things like that. So- Dude, I love that. I love I love that you're just upfront about it. Like I have this company, I'm building it, I'm putting tons of value into it so that you have the option to sell it, buy in, buy out. Super yeah. smart. And I, you're right. I, I would venture to guess that most people who quit their job at some point and they want to work for themselves give little to zero thought about selling it. And so because of that, their decisions are not colored with that palette of I'm going to want to sell this or or create something that's sellable and they don't they don't think of it that way, right? So 
I want to expand on that. Mm-hmm. And, and and so when I when you know that is the end game and you know that is the goal, like you're saying, you're informed about all these decisions as little as a decision to naming the company. So mm-hmm. my company used to be called Cabral Designs. Well, when I started hiring people, I thought, how am I giving them a feeling of ownership in this company if the name is me? And yeah. then I noticed, then I thought to all the companies I've ever worked for, the majority of them are acronyms to the initials of the founders or the partners. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that doesn't feel like I am a part of it. Yeah. So I had to think about it in terms of what is going to be attractive to someone who eventually comes in as a partner, yep. comes in as a buyer. Well, on-air brands, that was created because I knew the end game. Yeah. So, and I even tell folks when they are building a podcast or they're creating some social media platform for themselves to really consider if it's going to be your name, make sure this is not something you see as an asset that you could sell. So, I mean, there's very few and far in between instances like Emeril, who that's his name and he eventually sold it to Martha Stewart. Yeah. Well, the thing is, if you could build a brand that could be passed along to someone else that can, that can get a ton from it. Um, I highly recommend thinking of it in those terms so that it's, it's not your name. It's something that you could give to someone so they can own it. Yeah. I love that. I love it. All right, guys, pardon the interruption. You know I don't normally do this. I don't interrupt the interviews in the middle of them, but I have a timely announcement that I'm really excited about. I have been invited to speak at a two-day live virtual event that puts you on a Zoom call with 10 of the nation's top house flippers and wholesalers so that you can learn their secrets. I'm going to be part of this event. I'm speaking at it, and I'm really excited about it. Here's the best part, guys. It's free. It's 100% free. It's July 10th and July 11th. This is why it's timely and this is why I'm interrupting this interview just for a second to tell you about it. So on July 10th, it goes from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time. And on day two, July 11th, it goes from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Time. Guys, act on this now. Go to juststartrealestate.com forward slash 7FF live. That's juststartrealestate.com forward slash 7FF L-I-V-E. Go grab your tickets now. They're free. You really have no excuse not to go to this event. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited about it. There's going to be some awesome speakers at this thing. So, And it's free, guys. It's absolutely free. You don't have to leave your house. No excuse not to do it. Go grab your tickets now. Okay, back to the interview. Okay, cool. So let's let's talk a little bit. I want to dive into on-air brands a little bit. It sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong, I might have heard you wrong, but I think you said you started this with real estate investors in mind. You were helping real estate investors and it's it's grown and it's, it's expanded. But what did you slash do you do for real estate investors in this in this company? Yeah, I mean, till up until recently, the majority of our clients were investors. I'd say 80%. Okay. Right? Um, we have some in the tech industry, um, but always sort of related to real estate, you know, self-directed IRAs or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, property management. So what happened was the clients that were reaching out to us were through my direct network in real estate. And I would have them on shows like this. So I'd say, Hey buddy, can you be a guest on my show? They would be on the show. This was before podcasting is what it is today. This was two, three years ago. And they would hear the episode. This happened three, four or five times where they would listen to the show, realize, wow, this is quality. I didn't expect this. The show was great. You did a fantastic job. Can you do that for me? 
I want to do what you're doing. So then I would just give them the formula. This is what worked for me. Yeah. And they realized they don't want to do it. As investors and business owners, we're building systems and teams. Uh, they asked me if I could just build a team that can do it for them. So there happened and started to grow on-air brands, mostly through, at first, traditionally, we were doing logos, branding, websites, all the traditional things that you mm -hmm. would come to expect from a from a creative agency. That's why now we pivoted and call ourselves a media agency because we do a ton of live streaming. We've done a ton of podcasts. We do so coaching. We do all these things now where we're multimedia and it all stemmed from investors who have multiple businesses needing to take their message and their platform into one place so that everyone understands oh, this is what Mike does. Mike does real estate. He does flipping. He has a podcast. He has all these different verticals. Yeah. Well, here's a stage for you to tell all of that through podcasting. Gotcha. I love it. I love that. I, and I think it's a great way to, to do exactly what you said. And that's it's really cool because you're right. You know entrepreneurs and I'm in the real estate industry. I, that's where I've spent most of my time. And real estate investors maybe are no exception or maybe they're worse than everybody, but they love just give me a solution in a box. Like they don't want to have to think about it if it's not their core competency, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, so I always say like real estate investors are some of the most, um, you know, liberal with their spending as you'll find because if you can show them how something will provide value, they'll say, just do it and I'll pay you. Like just give yeah. me a team, give me something that's that's pre-done so I don't have to think about it. And I think that that's a, something people, they don't always think about, but you're right. They see the value, they see the power of it. And it's like, just just do it for me. And you're the right guy, right? Because you know, you know the industry. Exactly. And, and the thing that I noticed that resonates with investors when it comes to podcasting, there are the, the question is always like, what's the ROI or what am I getting out of it? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, I highlight the fact that when you're looking for investors and you're trying to raise capital or you're looking for someone to participate in your deal, well, don't they need to know you, then like you, and then trust you yeah. in order for you to start doing some things together? Well, podcasting does exactly that for you up front. They get to know you by listening to you and your stories and the people you're interviewing sets you up as a thought leader. Yep. And then they start to like you because they love the cadence of your show. They love the, the, that they're learning. You're constantly giving through your podcast. So then when they finally meet you, whether it's virtually or live yep. and that those hands shake trust. Yeah. Right? yeah. So it makes perfect sense to have a podcast if you're an investor, because now you have done all the hard work up front and you're doing it to the masses. You're speaking to many instead of one. Totally. And man, I'll tell you what, even I'll even throw YouTube in there, which is a powerful mm. way to get to people. But you, there's nothing better than podcasting if you want to create trust because YouTube People have a limited, you know, uh, tolerance for how long they'll sit in front of their computer or their phone and watch something. But people throw earbuds in and listen to podcasts while they work out, while they're driving to work. Like you can easily get someone to listen for an hour if oh you're compelling and, and entertaining and informative, right? You have to have those things, but you're in their ears talking yeah. to them. Like, can you imagine being in someone's yeah. ear that you want them to get to know you and trust you? Like there's no better way. No better way. I think you and I spoke about this in the last show at my show but we were talking about because we we're both music fans. And then we were like, that's how we started to love Bruce Springsteen, Guns N' Roses, whoever it was, because they were in my ear yeah. all day long. Yep. And I fell in love with them because there was that intimacy. Same exact thing. I never realized until recently podcasting does that. You're 
so close yeah. to them. You're you're the only one speaking to them. And that's why I think the using your platform and your podcast to at least send a message personally, because if you have an interview format and you're you're positioning your guest as the thought leader, you don't often get an opportunity to show how you are also an expert. Right. So it's cool to mix it up and have episodes dedicated to, hey, this is my thought on something and here's yeah. how I can help you with something and here's what I'm doing that I learned, you know, I learned from this so that this way they're reminded, hey, oh yeah, Mike Simmons is also an expert and I want to yep. listen to him and follow what he's doing. So yeah, there's, it's podcasting, man, is so powerful and and it's a unique marketing tool that I've really grown to respect and love over the past few years. Totally. Whereas, I mean, it's not a new thing, right? It's been around yeah. since the iPod. Who <laughs> exactly. has an iPod anymore, exactly. right? <laughs> exactly. No, so, you're yeah. totally right. And I, I know you know your thing, you know what you're doing, but yeah, we talked about it as we were getting ready to, to start the, the show. Um, just the audio quality, right? Like yeah. if you know what you're talking about, just spend a couple of bucks. Just get your audio right so people will listen. Because honestly, I've listened to podcasts or I've started listening where I'm like, I really want to hear this subject matter. Like, I'm, I'm really interested in this. And I start it and it's like the worst audio in the world. It sounds like they're across an empty room yelling into a, you know, a, a, a laptop <laughs> microphone. And I just go, I just shake my hand and go, oh, God, I can't listen to this. I turn it. So that's just yeah. a, my little soapbox. You know this, uh, as, you know, you know it as a podcaster, how much, how important that is. But that's awesome. I think it's cool. And it's, it's a unique it's a unique proposition. I don't know of any other company that's offering this to people. And, and it's something that I think could truly change their, their business and change their opportunities. And, and as investors, you know, and business owners, uh, it's, it's often difficult to think of marketing and marketing budget. I mean, syndication syndicators and deal providers, put it in their numbers. Yeah. Right? So, the, but that's sort of traditional marketing and marketing, you know, to, to renters and tenants or uh, it, not necessarily all investors, but to, to know and realize that you need to invest a certain percentage of revenue towards marketing, whether yeah. it's Facebook ads, Google AdWords, podcasting is part of that one spoke on the wheel of marketing. So once you are able to, to accept that fact, then you're going to be able to implement this new tool into the marketing. And what's cool about it is it's you, it's your voice, it's your thoughts, it's you yeah. sharing and giving. And everyone knows now, if you haven't already, shame on you, that we as business owners have to realize we are not just operating a business, whether you're selling shoes or you have a pizza shop, we all have to be in the business of media. We all have to realize we are social media marketing engines because if we're not doing it for ourselves, then you're going to have to hire a big time firm to do it or on our brands. But like, it's something that you have to just accept. You are in a different age. We're in the digital age and the, and, and, and the content creation and consumption world. We got to do it. You got to create your own content. You got to keep putting it out there, put genuine, authentic stories out there so that people get to yep. know the business owners firsthand so that when they step into your shop, they, 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 they meet you at a meetup. They love you already. Yeah, totally. It's, it's a built-in relationship that you can have. It's, it's, it's one way. Obviously, they know you. You don't know them yet, but that really yeah. breaks down barriers. It's awesome. Um, I have something here in my notes I want to talk to you about because I think it's cool and I love, I, I love that you are like you're diverse. You have a, a lot of things and they, they kind of all relate to each other. But I, I do know something I have in my notes here that I'm interested in because it seems off the beaten path, but 
I'm interested. Uh, the Renault Winery and Resort. Yeah, you yeah, are an investor in that, or you're a part owner of that, or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm fortunate enough to to be one of the general partners because you know that's that's a rarity to be able to jump in uh, from the ground up. Yeah. And you know my my the, the real GP, the operator of the whole project, Josh McCallan. He's a force. I, when I first met him, and he's one of he became a client and a friend and a partner because we he helped me to launch one of our biggest podcasts, Capital Hacking, and you know we've had Robert Kiyosaki on and all these amazing people from our networks. I we like to call him Walt Disney of flipping resorts, the resort or hotel burr guy because he can see the magic behind what looks like a war zone. Mm -hmm. And this project was awful, Mike. It was in shambles. <laughs> it was owned by the bank for several years and they didn't know what to do with it because of the fact that it had a 50 room hotel. It had some legacy being the third oldest winery in the nation. The Lincoln administration handed us uh, the liquor license wow. and it was grandfathered in from Louis Renault to call sparkling wine champagne so there was so many cool branding aspects that i wanted to sink my teeth into yeah but then also there's a golf course on it there's a legit 18 wow. hole golf course on it so when investors came and looked at this deal they were like i don't i know what to do with the hotel but i don't know what to do with the golf course in the winery or right. i want to do the winery i love wineries but i don't know what to golf, how to run a golf course so yeah. josh was one of those unique like we say disney sort of personality where he's like i know how to make it all work together and he presented that idea with weddings in mind to be the main uh rep source of revenue and turning all these little spots within the 240 acres uh into wedding you know, a, a machine wow. that would run seven, six, seven weddings simultaneously. And the bank loved him for it. They were like, please take this off our hands <laughs> yeah. because no one knows what to do with this. And we yeah. wanted to, they, they, they actually wanted it to be successful. And so did the township. And so did, yeah. so we got a lot of love and support. We, we met him because he was looking to raise funds. He came from a sort of a private uh, family of, of investors. So he had a lot of experience in New Jersey, especially flipping uh, resorts. And then he took that experience. He, he was bought out and he took that capital, invested it into this project and pulled all of it. I'm so glad he did because when he came looking to raise capital, he found a ton of us. We were a tight knit network yeah. network and we fell in love with him and his project and we all jumped in to support him and now we're building all these other things and looking at other deals and yeah. building podcasts together and and growing a really like i said tight knit you have it too with your your seven figure community where like you have this tribe now yeah. of people that all just we just we just we just love on each other like oh your deal your deal your business your business. we just yeah, keep passing yeah. money to each other through different avenues and all these different <laughs> you know so it's cool it's really cool yeah, that, that is super. Now, just, I, I don't know if you can talk about it, but just to give people a scope, like what kind of financial situation, like, is this like a $50 million deal, a $1 million deal? Yeah, absolutely. So when we acquired it, it was roughly $5 million. So, okay. um, But quickly, when we did the pro forma um, and, and showed what could happen conservatively, the bank evaluated it at 15 the latest evaluation, it's only, it's been a little bit over a year now, is closer to 19. Wow. So it's absolutely amazing what's been done over the course of a year and how many weddings were sold 
just using renderings yeah. <laughs> on on foam right. core. You know, a 18 yeah. by 20 foam core that we carry around and show the brides and this is what it's going to look like. It's going to look like a farm to table. It's going to be, you know, twilight and uh, all these things that we know brides wanted. Yep. And I say we, you know, loosely, it's clearly, it's McAllen's team and Viva May and Accountable Equity, but being a part of it and on that journey and on the ride, watching the evolution of this project is right. so fascinating and inspiring to be a part of it and to be called an owner. And, you know, we're going there um, tomorrow, tomorrow, Sunday for Father's Day, just all the investors and nice. where all our families are going. And I have two little girls and they love walking through it and seeing the, the, the evolution of it too. They put on their little princess dresses. They think they're like Belle and Beauty and the Beast. And That's awesome. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, it's really, it's a really wonderful project. I love everyone involved, all the investors and, and even the grounds team with boots on the ground yeah. because they, we have this one guy, Kevin, who has been working there for 18 to 20 years. Wow. He started as a bus boy. Now he's the general manager. And when you talk to him, he's really the heart of the project. He's, he's Renault and yeah. he can tell you everything that's happened. So we want that legacy. We want people to feel really close to that project because we love it. We love it. And, and we are looking forward to everything getting back to normal so that yeah. we can really start to see how, how powerful and beautiful that project is. That's awesome. And as you're telling me that story, I'm, I'm reminded of the guy, you, Eric, who were, what you were following along the, uh, the investor, the, the rental guy, where you'd go talk to the tenants and you'd, you'd get to know them. Like it sounds, yeah. it's, it's, it's like the next level up obviously, but it's like, this is your pattern, right? You, you yeah. find and you, you associate network really through your own efforts and meet people who know and do things that you want to know and do. And you follow them, you learn, and then you level up. It's just, it's smart. Absolutely. That's, that's something that as an investor or a business owner, learning that relatively quickly is to your benefit because when you can surround yourself with people who are levels up, you learn so much from them. Yeah. And by, by not just observing, but by doing, yeah. getting involved in projects, getting your hands dirty, asking how you can help so that you can eventually learn. So yeah, I'm, that's a big, big, mantra of mine, constantly surrounding myself with people, looking for masterminds like yours, yep. looking for people that I can surround myself with that hold me accountable. Like, yep. dude, you said you were going to do this. You said you were going to buy some multifamilies this year. What are you doing? What are the actionable steps? You know, stuff that, you know, you, you understand and, and, and you provide to your community. So that's critical to grow. How yeah. are we ever going to level up and, and, and improve if we don't surround ourselves and hold our bar higher and higher totally. and higher. I always say when you, when you climb a mountain and you, and you get to the peak and you put your flag down and you're like, man, I made it. And then you look up, oh shit, there's another mountain. Yeah. <laughs> you and you can see going. farther. You have more perspective. It's just, you're a hundred percent right. It's a it. super good point. Now I want to talk about something uh, before we're done here. The, the next important thing happening in your world is PodMax. Um, why don't we talk about that? What is PodMax? Yeah. So Again, in at the real estate investing community, I, I love them so much because that's where this sort of birthed. I started to build a investor uh, community and then they turned them into podcasters and then they started to meet more people. We started to meet people together as, as, as hosts and interviewing them. 
and a network started to grow, a network of podcasting shows, especially in the investing space. So we have a space here in central New Jersey where we have the flexibility to turn the empty conference rooms and offices into makeshift podcast studios. So that's how it started last year where I invited all my friends and said, hey, I have access. These are all my friends as well. I want you to meet them. But when you meet them, microphones will be on and you can have a conversation and now you could be on their shows and who wouldn't love that, especially investors who don't normally market. So all they had to do is come in turnkey, sit down. Now you're a guest on the Cashflow Ninja. And and then all of a sudden it became this mastermind feel because you had all these high net worth individuals in the room and not just investors, but business owners, because a lot of them have ancillary businesses like property management, title agencies, all these other things where it's like, Oh, I don't have that. Can, can, how about I, I help you and your business with what I have. And there just became this synergy. So PodMax started to grow in that community as a place to go to not only get on a bunch of shows in one day, how efficient is that? But then also, oh my God, there's this high level mastermind feel to it. We would put keynote speakers on stage that would inspire them to become better podcasters, better business owners. And now it's just been leveling up, especially now we didn't realize this would happen. It turned into a powerful virtual event because now we can get speakers on from around the world. So now we call it PodMax Global, you know, and now we had the Gary V camp is starting to come in. I'm putting it out in the universe, Gary V eventually, but we had yeah. the president of one of his companies come and speak. And now we got connected to all these other people like Matt Higgins, who's uh, on Shark Tank. So that's how we've been leveling up and offering a ton of value for investors and entrepreneurs to come and and, and get their voice and their message heard through now we have over two dozen podcasters that are coming in and being a part of it because now they get a ton out of it. So it's just all around both sides of the mic, entrepreneurs, business owners, just coming together. And I feel like Bill Murray in, in Ghostbusters, dogs and cats. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's good stuff. Yeah. That's, that's so cool, man. It, it's just, I love, I love the things that you put together because they're needed and they're they're conspicuously absent before you did it, right? It's weird. And like that's the best position to be in. Like find something that's conspicuously absent that people need that is a no-brainer, but it just doesn't seem to be offered like it should. So I, I love I love the whole concept. It's so smart. And yeah, it's not the worst thing in the world to infiltrate the uh, Gary V world and get some of his folks in there. And like you said, yeah. eventually him you'll you'll get it i mean he i think it'll happen i'm i'm going to put yeah. it out there in the world too he'll be he'll be there <laughs> eventually um, yeah. it's funny it'll probably happen in a weird like like you when you least expect it kind of a moment like that's just i think how he operates but um yeah that's awesome i love that um and i i just really really want to thank you for doing this i know you're busy and there's a lot going on you have a million things happening obviously but um man it's just I, you know i do these episodes and i've interviewed tons and tons of people and everyone's great i i've not ever interviewed someone that i said that guy's a jerk or that lady's a jerk but it's rare that I meet people that I feel so connected to and so yeah. in line with and in all ways almost. It's just amazing. So thank you for doing this. It was just a wonderful discovery of what you have going on and, and the way that your world has been formed over the last handful of years. And it's just super inspiring. I think people should be paying attention to you. 
I appreciate that, brother. And the feeling's mutual. Whenever we talk, you know, we're cut from the same cloth. And I'm like, you know, we, we can go on for hours and we have already. And but no, I truly appreciate you having me on your show, man. And 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 I'm privileged and honored to to know you, brother. Thank you. I appreciate it. I feel the exact same way. And uh you have a, a good it's the week getting out of the weekend as we record this. We're in the summertime now. Good luck with everything you have going on. Good luck. Uh, you and your family stay safe and healthy. And and uh, I, I know for a fact we will be talking again very soon. Absolutely. Thanks right. again, brother. Thank you. All right, guys. I hope you enjoy that. I had a good time talking to Eric. I uh, really enjoyed talking to him. We actually spend a lot of time chatting before we go live on the interview. And then uh, actually a lot of time after we stopped the recording, we talk because I just enjoy his company. I enjoy talking to him. We have a lot in common. We think a lot alike. We have a lot of common you know, things that we're trying to accomplish and really some similarities from our childhood, which is just crazy. But you know, that's the whole point, right? We interview these people. We talk to them. We get to know their story. And some of of them you relate to as a listener i know some of them like have stories that are similar to yours and, and some of them don't but we can get something from everybody and the ones that we really relate to and have you know backgrounds that are similar or make us kind of you know think about our own situation those are always fun to do so i had a good time talking to him i hope you guys had a good a good time listening and uh being a part of that uh that whole interview because i think it was a worthwhile one for sure all right guys uh before you do anything else today figure out what your next move is what are you going to do to move the ball down the field what are you going to do to get yourself closer to your goals if you don't know then stop right now and figure it out and then once you figure it out here's the key guys are you ready go do it you got to just start get out there and just start make it happen make today the best day ever all right we'll see you next time all right thanks for hanging out until the very end of the show. You know if you hang on this long, every once in a while, I'll drop in a little nugget, something that you can't get if you don't listen to the end, and I'm going to do that now. Guys, if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you know that my new book, Level Jumping, is now available on Amazon and for everyone who's gone out and bought a copy, for everyone who supported me and done that, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. It was a big project for me writing a book. It's not easy. And I poured all of my learning over the last 13 years into this book to try to help you understand how to scale your business responsibly, how to build a team, how to create systems and processes that allow you to grow and scale without having to run around crazy. And it is the exact steps that I took to grow my business from a very small business to one that generates over a million dollars in profits each year. So I wanted to put all that into a book and, and make it available to, to you guys. And what I want to do now for those of you, because you've listened all the way to the end of the show, and I really appreciate that. It means a lot. If you go into iTunes or wherever you listen to this show, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever it is, and give me a rating and review and take a screenshot of that rating and review that you just gave me and email it to mike at juststartrealestate.com, make the subject, subject line review and give me that screenshot. I will send you a digital download of my book, a fully edited, full version of the book, the whole thing. If you've already bought a book, 
Again, I appreciate that very, very much, but you can still participate. You can give me that rating review and I'll send you a digital download of the book. So if you like consuming it on a Kindle or something like that, or on your computer or your, your phone, then you will have that digital download to do that as well. So if you go into that rating review area of whatever platform you listen on, Stitcher, whatever it is, iTunes, give me a rating review, send me a screenshot at mikejustartrealestate.com. I will send you a free digital download of the book. Guys, I appreciate all your support. I appreciate the reviews and I look forward to creating content in the future that you love as well. All right. Thanks guys.